08 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers have done it again, ladies and gentlemen, for the fifth time in this postseason and we're only through the second round here but for the fifth time in this postseason the New York Rangers stare elimination in the face and they live to fight another day in this case doing so on the strength of a 6-2 drubbing of the Carolina Hurricanes going on the road where the Canes had not lost so far in this uh, playoff run here and hosting basically just a blowout victory. Igor Shesterkin was absolutely fantastic. And for anybody that caught uh, our most recent episode, the one that I posted uh, just before Game 7 was played here tonight, one of the things that I mentioned in that episode is that I think that the Rangers needed to play their absolute best game of the postseason in order to win this game. And I think they did just that. Everybody contributing. You know, points aren't everything, but one stat that I have to throw out there that's very, very noticeable when you look at the score sheet from this game is that every single Ranger forward, except for Mott and Reeves, had at least one point in this game. The Rangers just getting contributions from up and down their lineup. Once again, basically just taking it to the Canes, building an early lead. That was another thing. We said that the Rangers really needed to score first in this game. They scored first, second, third, and fourth in this game to, you know, stake themselves to a 4 nothing lead. Just an awesome victory. And the Rangers now move on to the Eastern Conference Final where they will actually host the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, which is just absolutely wild to think about. You know, coming into this season, I had the Rangers pegged as a team that I thought would make it to the playoffs, but did I think they were going to make it to the Eastern Conference Final? I got to be honest, guys, I didn't. I, I didn't think they were quite there yet. Obviously, this team uh, has arrived ahead of schedule, and it adds kind of a whole nother layer of satisfaction to what the Rangers are doing right now. When you just kind of look around, and granted, this might happen to just about every team, but I feel like the Rangers, it's been happening to them more than anybody else. And that's just the simple fact that whether it's, you know, journalists or, you know, TV analysts or maybe some other podcasters or just hockey fans in general, you look around and nobody gives this team any respect. It's been going on all season. I realize I'm preaching to the choir here because the majority of the people listening to this are probably Ranger fans, but you guys know this team has gotten absolutely zero respect from anybody. I mean, they weren't going to beat the Penguins, right? There's no way they were going to beat the Penguins. They were down three games to one. No way they could come back in that series. Okay, well, they beat the Penguins, but there's no way they're getting past the Carolina Hurricanes. And it's already started now. You know, you look around Twitter or whatever it might be, and nobody thinks the Rangers have a chance against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I'll be the first one to admit the Rangers should be considered the underdog in that series, despite the fact that they do have home ice advantage. Look, the Lightning, they're the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions for a reason. So I get that. I get that there's you know still some uh, doubt as to whether the Rangers can beat this team. But the amount of disrespect the Rangers have caught pretty much all season is it's just getting ridiculous. I mean, everybody on ESPN tonight just so desperate to find a reason to invalidate this New York Ranger team and what they've been doing. Well, you know, the Penguins, you know, that they they didn't have uh, they didn't have their their top goalies. They they were up against Louis Domingue, and then in this series, obviously Freddie Anderson not playing for the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, whatever happened to next man up? You know, didn't that used to be a thing in sports or next person up? You know, somebody gets hurt, somebody goes down, and I realize it's not always easy to replace you know your goalie, especially in the case of the Canes when you got an all-star caliber goalie there but yeah I mean whatever happened to next player up I, I'm not really sure what 
ever happened to that old saying. Every team is dealing with injuries. The Rangers are a little bit fortunate because as we talked about in our most recent episode, they have gotten healthy at the exact right time. They are at max power, I think was the term that I used in our most recent episode. And I'll say it again, the Rangers once again operating at full strength. And a lot of guys in this game seven here tonight, a lot of different players for the Rangers playing the best hockey that I think they've played in this entire series. Uh, Chris Kreider, for sure. I mean, I don't think that can even be debated. He ends up scoring two goals in this game. Had a deflection goal early that gave the Rangers a 2-0 lead at the time. Added a goal late to you know give the Rangers a little bit of insurance using that speed that we know that he has to just explode up the ice and uh, bring the puck to his backhand, tuck it into the net, make it, I believe, 4 to nothing at that point for the Rangers. You know, the Canes were trying to press a little bit because they were down by three goals in the third period, so they had to take some chances, and Kreider made them pay for it. But yeah, I mean, again, just that's what I keep coming back to here, just the contributions from up and down the lineup. And I'm going to take it a step further from what I was just talking about earlier, the disrespect that the Rangers have gotten. You know, I'm going to tell you guys something that I think you already know, and if you're a Ranger fan, you're definitely aware of this. If you're a general hockey fan, you need to pay attention here. This is a damn good hockey team. These guys, there's no weakness, and that's how I can prove my point here, because if you're still skeptical about the Rangers, you don't think that this is a team that deserves to be one of the last four teams standing in the NHL, you think they're going to be overmatched against the Lightning, whatever the case might be here, show me a weakness on this team. Yeah, I'll wait. Show me a weakness on this team. Is there any glaring weakness, any real reason that you, you know, you look at this Ranger team, you look at the roster and the way that it's constructed, is there anything that the Rangers do so poorly that it should be just a complete detriment to the team and there's no way that the Rangers should still be playing uh, into the Eastern Conference Finals here? I really don't think that there is. You know, I, I would say... As the season was unfolding, something that was certainly an issue was a lack of scoring depth and just a lack of depth in general. The Rangers went out and they addressed that. They addressed that with a lot of really savvy moves that Chris Jury made around the trade deadline. Bring in Frank Vetrano. Bring in Andrew Kopp. You know, Vetrano's the sniper and he's the guy with the lethal shot. Andrew Kopp's the Swiss Army knife. He does a little bit of everything. Bring in a tenacious bulldog-like player in Tyler Mott. And even Justin Braun, you know, I continue to... He's a little bit of an unsung hero here because there's nothing flashy about his game whatsoever, but he is, along with Braden Schneider, really stabilized that third defense pairing for the New York Rangers. So Jury makes all these moves, and a lot of things that you know were issues before the trade deadline are no longer issues because the Rangers have some secondary scoring. You know, guys like Frank Vetrano and Andrew Kopp, they give you that secondary scoring. They fortified their blue line with Justin Braun taking over uh, the old Patrick Nemeth spot there. They've got the best goalie, in the league this season. I realize we're up, about to go up against Andre Vasilevsky, and he's a phenomenal goalie too, and he's won the last two Stanley Cups. But Igor Shesterkin, he's the one that's nominated for the Vesna. He's the one that's nominated for the Hart. Best goalie in the league this season. There are no fewer than five superstars on this Ranger team between Igor, Adam Fox, Chris Kreider, Artemi Panarin, and Mika Zibanejad. And now, to go along with the superstars that you have, you now have more depth based on, or because of, rather, uh, all these players that you brought in. On top of that, and this is something that we've talked about all season as it pertains to the New York Rangers, and something that I've gone back to several times as the season has progressed, and that is the development of the kid line. Capo Caco, Alexi Lafreniere, Philip Hedl, all very young, 22 years old or younger, all three of them, and all former first-round draft picks. And the thing that I kept mentioning on this podcast is when this Ranger team truly becomes you know, a big-time threat when they truly become dangerous, when it gets to the point that, wow, you know, this team could actually go on a run and maybe 
have a shot to win a Stanley Cup. That happens when those three players begin to, you know, get near what they can be in the NHL, when they start to, you know, basically reach their potential. And we're seeing that from all three of those players. Philip Hedl scored another goal in this game. Alexi Lafreniere had an assist. Capo Caco had an assist. And on top of that, you know, they're just playing strong hockey in general. There was a shift early in this game. I think the Rangers were up maybe like one nothing or 2 nothing at this point. But the kid line had the puck in the Kane zone, and they just would not let the Canes get the puck out of their zone. It was kind of like a role reversal from what we've seen from the Rangers at other parts this season, or, or this playoff season, rather. You know, you look at the series against Pittsburgh, that was a huge issue, the Rangers not being able to get the puck out of their zone. It's been not quite as big of an issue against the Canes, but at times, you know, the Canes, they're strong in the forecheck. It's been tough for the Rangers to get the puck out of their zone, but... It was the complete opposite here. The Rangers, uh, the kid line specifically, keeping the puck deep and keeping a possession alive. They didn't end up scoring here, but just kind of an early tone-setting shift from, again, a trio of players that we're seeing play the best hockey that all three of them have ever played in their NHL career and three players that are coming into their own right before our very eyes here, just coming of age right before our very eyes. And we are just scratching the surface. Going to talk about everything that happened in this game in just a second here. But first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of bakes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse just so happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and we have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Lockdown podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and what you don't like about Lockdown Podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. Definitely got to give a shout out to all the Ranger fans who attended this game in person and basically just invaded PNC Arena. You had loud chants throughout the nights of Let's Go Rangers. You had some chants of Igor. You had Tony D'Angelo being booed in his home arena. So uh, just great stuff all around. And again, props to the Ranger fans. I'm sure a lot of them traveled from pretty far away, maybe even from up here in the Northeast, going to PNC Arena and uh, just representing this team, representing the city. 
Bleeding Ranger Blue going into enemy territory and seeing a heck of a game, seeing a heck of a performance by this New York Ranger team. So again, big shout out to those fans that went in there and basically made it feel like a home game or at the very least a neutral site game. And, you know, it's a game seven of a Stanley Cup playoff matchup. The fact that they were able to do that is just awesome, and it definitely, uh, you know, has an effect. How much of an effect? We could always debate that, but I think it for sure probably gave this Ranger team at least a little bit of a boost. I'm also seeing a quote from Gerard Gallant uh, that I want to share with you guys. It was actually just posted on Twitter a second ago from friend of the show, Vince Mercagliano. He's done a couple of guest spots here on Lockdown New York Rangers, uh, but this is what Gallant had to say after the game, and a very honest moment from Gerard Gallant here. This is what he had to say. When you first asked about the experience against Pittsburgh, was I worried about it? Yes, I was, but I wasn't going to tell you that. Now, I feel a lot better. These guys know how to play a playoff game. They're all responding real well. And yeah, it's crazy to think about, you know, this Ranger team. I mean, half of these guys have never played in the Stanley Cup playoffs before this current run. I know, you know, two years ago, you had the the weird 24-team uh, playoff tournament. Obviously, COVID necessitated the NHL kind of thinking on its feet and going with that particular uh Stanley Cup playoff tournament format, but the Rangers lost in three games. You're playing in empty arenas, and technically they lost in the qualifying round, so that didn't really count as being in the playoffs anyway. So if you ignore that series, yeah, I mean, half these guys have never played in the Stanley Cup playoffs before, and yet here they are excelling in a difficult position, multiple difficult positions, down 3-1 to one in the series against Pittsburgh, coming back and winning that, down 2 to nothing in this series, down 3-2 to two in this series, and winning all of these games where if you lose, your season ends. I mean, the Rangers are an inexperienced team. They're supposed to be the team that's at a disadvantage in spots like that, and instead, they've played their absolute best hockey of the season when they've needed to do so the absolute most, and I don't know what's going to happen against Tampa, but I will say this, if there's any Tampa Bay Lightning fans listening to this, uh, don't think that the Rangers are cooked just because uh, the, the Lightning have, you know, a, a three games to two lead or it's 3-3 or 3-1 even or 2 nothing, whatever it might be. The Rangers are in this series uh, until the bitter end, and they do tend to play their best whenever their back's against the wall. We've seen that firsthand from this Ranger team, and of course, you know, I talked about all the things that the Rangers had to do, the tangible things, but as far as the intangibles, this Ranger team, these guys, these players, really showing what they're made out of. Once again, 5-0 and in elimination games in the playoffs. I cannot emphasize that enough. That'd be impressive if the you know, Edmonton Oilers of the 80s pulled off a feat like that. The fact that the Rangers are doing this, an inexperienced team, maybe that's part of the reason why they're able to. They don't know any better. They're just kind of going out there and playing hockey and, and not overthinking it and, you know, just staying in the series and being on the ropes, but always being able to eventually fight back and ultimately win both of these first two series here. Just absolutely fantastic stuff by this New York Ranger team. And something else that we knew was going to be absolutely huge coming into this game, something that we talked about pretty much for the entire series, and we definitely discussed this in our most recent episode, the one that dropped earlier on uh, on Monday here, previewing this Game 7. The Rangers had to win the special teams battle, and they indeed did that in this game. The Rangers go 2-for-3 on the power play. The Canes go just 1-for-4, and even when the Canes scored, uh, that only cut the Ranger lead to 4-1. Of course, the game is not over at that point, but the Rangers were pretty much in control, and we'll talk about what happened after the Canes power play goal in just a second, but first... Uh, we just got to talk about uh, everything that happened in the first period here as it pertains to the special teams units for both teams. The Rangers go 2-for-2 two two on the power play in the first period. The Canes go 0-for-2, and that's obviously just an enormous difference. The Rangers basically hitting the ground running here. They get power play goals in the first period from Adam Fox as well as Chris Kreider. 
and want to kind of, once again, just kind of go through all these special teams uh, moments for the Rangers here in the first period because it was obviously paramount to the Rangers getting an early advantage. And I think first we got to look at how the Rangers got on the power play. So Ryan Strom goes in on the forecheck. Rangers were very aggressive uh, on the forecheck early in this game, and he steals the puck behind the Hurricanes net. He then makes a pass back to the blue line to Braden Schneider. Schneider's moving toward the, the net. He's got his momentum taking him toward the net. He tries to take a shot. It gets blocked, but it kind of trickles through, and Andrew Kopp is there. He's kind of on the doorstep. He's looking to maybe uh, bury it you know, from in deep there and he gets held on the play. So, uh, again, a great play by Ryan Strom setting this whole thing up, stealing the puck there, and then Braden Schneider taking the shot, and Andrew Kopp drawing the penalty. Rangers go onto the power play, and first of all, a very nice play by Artemi Panarin here. The Canes might have had a shot at a shorthanded breakaway, and they had already scored two shorthanded goals earlier in this series. So I think if you're a Ranger fan, that's the last thing you want to see. Artemi Panarin, a nice job getting back and preventing that breakaway from even happening there. Great job, heads up play, and just kind of reading it, making sure he got back uh, to break up that opportunity or that potential opportunity there. And the Rangers, you know, they, uh, they've they been giving more and more time to the second power play unit. Earlier in the season, the Rangers top power play unit, it was not uncommon for them to be out there for basically the entire man advantage or for at least, you know, a minute 30, a minute 35 of the man advantage. And then, you know, the second unit would get out there for the last few seconds. It's not really enough time to make anything happen. But the Rangers' second power play unit has been better recently, scored a couple of goals now in the playoffs. And here you've got uh, just a great play. The Rangers score with just two seconds left in the power play. So the Canes clear the puck out of their zone and into the neutral zone. And as this is happening, by the way, there are only 12 seconds left in this power play. So the crowd's getting into it. They're excited. They think they're going to get a big kill here, maybe get a little bit of momentum from the successful penalty kill here. Frank Vitrano, though, he corrals the puck in the neutral zone. He's on his side of the uh, red line. Passes ahead to Andrew Kopp. Kopp is kind of in the center of the ice. He gains the blue line, makes a pass over to his right to Alexi Lafreniere. And then Lafreniere leaves the puck for Adam Fox. Adam Fox puts it at the net, beats Antti Ranta, gives the Rangers a 1-0 lead. And I should actually just back up for a second here because what a play by Andrew Kopp. We mentioned that Vitrano passed a cop. Kopp was near the blue line, but there was a cane right in his face. He kind of had to circle back a little bit and then gain the blue line, then move the puck to Lafreniere. Lafreniere setting up Adam Fox for the uh, goal on the power play here. Just two seconds left on the man advantage and giving the Rangers what would turn out to be a game-long lead. And then right after this, the Canes get on the power play, and the Rangers do a nice job here, sort of bending but not breaking. I thought this was uh, the Canes' best-looking power play of the night, not counting the one in which they actually scored a goal. But you've got Kopp, Goodrow, Lindgren, and Fox kicking off this penalty kill for the Rangers, and the Canes had a really long possession to start this man advantage here. The Rangers, once again, they did a nice job kind of bending but not breaking, and of course, it always helps when you get just a little bit of puck luck. You've got Seth Jarvis ripping a shot off the pipe. It stays out. Uh, you know, Tyler Mott was on the ice after this. So was Mika Zibanejad, Truba, and Miller. All the usual suspects all getting the job done on this penalty kill here. Uh, Mika Zibanejad, had a takeaway, skated the puck out of the zone, and the Rangers are able to kill off this penalty here. And then the Rangers, they get back on the power play. This happened after Jacob Truba laid a big hit on Seth Jarvis, and I'm going to share my thoughts on that play. I know, you know, obviously Twitter's got a lot to say about it, but I'm going to, uh, you know, break that hit down. First of all, the hit from Truba to Jarvis, and then we're going to talk once again about uh, the Rangers continuing to win the special teams battle here, and a whole lot of other great things that happen in this game as well. But first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.net. 
Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, so as for this Truba hit on Seth Jarvis, this happened in the first period, and the Rangers are up one to nothing at this point. Seth Jarvis gains the blue line, and man, is he greeted by just an absolutely punishing hit from Jacob Truba. And before I even talk about this hit, let me just say all the best to Seth Jarvis. He's obviously an exciting young player, somebody who was very impressive this season, has a very bright future in this league to be sure, and I really do hope he's okay. I've never root for anybody to get injured. Anybody who does root for somebody to get injured, I think you should probably seek some help. Uh, but as far as this hit goes, I do think it was a clean hit. Am I a little bit Ranger bias? Am I seeing this the way that I want to see it? I suppose that's at least possible, but when you watch this replay, to me, Jacob Truba, the shoulder goes into the chest. Does it end up kind of riding up a little bit higher after making contact with the chest? Maybe a little bit, but I think Jacob Truba, listen, he he toes the line. He, he's somebody that really toes the line, but he's not going to compromise. He's not going to pass up the opportunity to hit somebody as hard as he possibly can. I think all these hits that we've seen from him so far this season have been clean, and I realize there's some people who don't like the Rangers. They're going to say otherwise, and that's fine. You know, in cases like this, and maybe even the Crosby hit, there's at least a little bit of gray area, but I really do think that every hit that we've seen Jacob Truba dish out this season, whether it's the regular season, you know, he got Nathan McKinnon earlier this year, whether it's the regular season or the playoffs, I think they've all been clean. I think this one was clean as well. Unfortunately for the Canes, it leads to them, you know, they not only do they lose, you know, somebody that's mostly been playing on their top line, but they end up taking a penalty as a result of this because he couldn't get back to the bench. Uh, Carolina Hurricane player jumped onto the ice prematurely, and they get called for too many men, and the Rangers go back to the power play. And whereas they needed a minute and 58 seconds on their first power play to score a goal, they need only 14 seconds to score on this one. You've got Adam Fox trying to send a pass across the ice to Mika Zibanejad. It gets deflected, still kind of finds its way over there, and Mika just took a whack at it, sent it wide of the net. It comes along uh, the boards on the other side. Artemi Panarin's got it. He passes back to Adam Fox, and Fox once again looking for Mika Zibanejad, basically the same spot on the net. Mika's kind of at the top of the left faceoff circle there, and Mika immediately puts it at the net. Chris Kreider's there in front, and he deflects it home. The Canes kind of left Chris Kreider unguarded in front of their net, which is not a recipe for success. If you're playing the New York Rangers, Kreider's been lethal with those tip-ins this season, and he gets one here. We haven't seen enough of this in the playoffs from Chris Kreider, basically just going to the net, setting up shop in the crease, being immovable, being that awesome net front presence that we all know that he is, but he came through in a big spot here for this New York Ranger team, once again deflecting uh, the shot from Mika Zibanejad into the twine, giving the Rangers a 2-0 lead and making them 2-2 two two on the power play, and then the Canes got their second opportunity of the first period on the power play. And whereas I thought the Canes had a decent first power play, not so much on this one here. The Rangers get an immediate clear after the first faceoff. You have Barclay Goodrow picking off a pass, dumping it into the zone before going off for a line change. Uh, you've got Igor Shesterkin making a very cool, common collected glove save. Igor was fantastic in this game. And you also have Tyler Mott stealing the puck at the tail end of this power play, taking a shot that just went wide of the Canes' net. So uh, just a great overall penalty kill by the New York Rangers here, 
You had Barclay Goodrow blocking two shots on the same power play for the Carolina Hurricanes, and what a welcome return to the lineup uh, for Barclay Goodrow these last couple of games here. We thought that you know the Rangers were only going to possibly get him back if they made a really deep playoff run, but Barclay Goodrow beat his injury timetable, as you would pretty much expect him to do. I mean, that's just the kind of guy he is, the kind of hard-nosed player that he is, and uh, he's going to be absolutely huge uh, playing his old buddies the Tampa Bay Lightning, in the Eastern Conference Finals. He's somebody that, if you're going to shut down the Tampa Bay Lightning and their their just crazy attack that they have, then Barclay Goodrow, one of the Rangers' best defensive forwards, is going to have to have a really strong series. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it, though. We're still kind of basking in the glory of the Rangers winning this Game 7 here. And then the only power play on which the Canes scored occurred with less than 12 minutes to go in the third period. The Rangers were up 4-0 at this time. This goal by Trocek made it 4-1. Originally, I thought this was Tony D'Angelo's goal. It was, uh, I guess, switched to Vincent Trocek, or maybe it was his all along, but Trocek deflected the puck. But basically, Igor Shesterkins got the puck behind the Ranger net, a little bit hesitant as far as what he wanted to do with it, and the Canes are able to poke it away from him. It looks like they're going to score on a completely empty, vacated net. And what a play by Adam Fox, diving across the crease there and somehow keeping the puck from going in. But it goes back to Tony D'Angelo. D'Angelo takes the shot. Vincent Trocek with the redirection. And just like that, the Canes are on the board. And it's funny because right after this, you know, Philip Hedl scores for the Rainers to boost their lead back to 5-1. to In fact, it was only 40 seconds after this. Uh, the Rainers see their lead shrink to three goals. It immediately goes back up to four as Philip Hedl scores his fifth goal of the playoffs. But I loved what happened on this play because the announcers on ESPN, they're talking about, you know, how the Canes, you know, maybe they can get back into this game. And literally, this is what happened. I tweeted this out uh, right after it happened. The announcer said, if you're Carolina, you're thinking, hey, you know, if we can just get one in the next five, and then he stopped because right at that moment, Philip Heal scored the goal, uh, kind of the back-breaking goal, I would say. You never say never. You never know what can happen in these crazy Stanley Cup playoff games. We've seen some pretty amazing comebacks, but up 5-1 to one at that point, about 11 minutes or so to go in the game, Igor Shesterkin doing Igor Shesterkin things. Yeah, you're starting to close in on a win, and you're starting to think about, you know, hopefully playing Tampa in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think the Rangers themselves are thinking about that, but we as fans can obviously allow our minds to start to wander there at that point in the game. And as far as how this goal was scored here, it was basically just the kid line doing their thing. You know, we talked about earlier how they had that shift in the first period where they simply just would not allow the Canes to get the puck out of their zone. In this case, you've got Capo Caco playing the puck out of the Rangers zone. Alexi Lafreniere flying up to the ice, trying to win the race to the loose puck, which he indeed does. He tries to all in one motion. At this point, he's in the Carolina zone, and he's trying to basically just turn and throw the puck toward the center of the ice to where Philip Heedle is positioned, and he's not able to do that. The Canes get possession of the puck back, but as they're trying to leave their zone, once again, the Rangers' kid line refuses to let them do so. Capo Caco pokes the puck away. It goes right to Philip Heedle. And, you know, Hedl's momentum had taken him toward the Canes net. So, I mean, Hedl probably couldn't believe his eyes as, as this puck is coming toward him here. But he gets it, turns around, and uh, goes five-hole, scores the goal. Antti Ranta, by this point, was out of the game. And I feel for him, too. Really liked him when he was on the New York Rangers. Obviously, you know, getting a chance to play in net for 
a great team in the Carolina Hurricanes in the playoffs. Very cool story for him. Uh, so I feel for him, you know, obviously having to leave the game in the middle of this one here when his team was down two to nothing and still in the game. Uh, but be that as it may, you know, the Rangers, they got to take advantage of going up against a guy who has not really played a lot of NHL hockey. I believe tonight was like his seventh appearance ever, and four of them have been in the playoffs this season. So uh, the Rangers taking advantage of that situation, and more specifically right here, the kid line taking advantage, and Philip Hedl, you know, big goal for the Rangers there. Canes, you know, they, they're down to 4-1. There's still 11 minutes and change to go. They have at least a little bit of a, a glimmer of hope there, but the Rangers, just like that, take it right back, and uh, Philip Hedl just continuing his... Very impressive playoff run here and continuing to break out in the way that a lot of Ranger fans have been hoping that he would for half a decade now, which sounds crazy to say out loud, especially when you consider the fact that Philip Hedl is still just 22 years old. But yeah, fifth season with the Rangers and playing the best hockey of his career thus far. And then the Canes eventually close to within three goals again by an empty netter by Andrew Kopp. Boosts the lead back up to four goals, makes it 6-2 in favor of the New York Rangers. And at that point, you know you're going to the Eastern Conference Final. And I just had a lot of fun just watching the Ranger bench at that point. You know, once it got down to about a minute left, you're up by four goals. They kind of let themselves enjoy the moment, let themselves celebrate a little bit. They were all just kind of hugging and high-fiving on the bench. Just really, really cool stuff. You know, this is a very tight-knit bunch. And I think that's really served them well, uh, you know, going through everything that they've gone through in this postseason run here. Just uh, a tremendously fun run. And, you know, for certain players of the New York Rangers, I still think there's guys on this team that have not played their absolute best thus far in the playoffs. And what this series win does here, and I talked about this after the Rangers finished off the Penguins, it basically, you can hit the reset button. All these players that maybe have not been at their absolute best, you got a whole nother opportunity, a whole new best of seven in front of you. You're going up against the defending two-time Stanley Cup champions. You've got an opportunity to, you know, really just put your best foot forward and make people forget about you know, for certain players, not all, but at least a couple of players, uh, these guys not necessarily playing up to their full capabilities. And I think, you know, they're already on the right track here because there were three players in this game that I thought played better than they have, uh, certainly throughout the entire Kane series and in some cases, maybe the playoffs in general. We already talked about Chris Kreider. You get the best of, you know, what he can do. He scores a goal on just an absolute, you know, beeline to the net bearing a backhand, giving the Rangers a 4-0 lead. And before that, we already talked about he scored on the deflection. So that was awesome to see. Artemi Panarin, you know, starting to look more like the guy that we all know and love. Uh, you know, just when he has the puck, just looking more dangerous than he has at other points in this playoff run. And Ryan Strom, you know, scoring a goal here, a much-needed goal for him. He had a nice night for himself. And I said, you know, in the, in the preview episode for Game 7, the Panarin line needs to come through. I've been seeing little, you know, faint, pulses here and there as far as you know that line starting to look a little bit better and maybe starting to come out of their slump a little bit I mean Andrew Kopp has played well the entire playoffs but uh you look at Panarin and you look at Strom the Rangers need more out of those guys and they got more out of both of them in this game so that was absolutely huge and again uh a lot of players on this team looking better in this game than they did the entire series and you just hope that that can carry over into the series against Tampa but the Rangers, you know, what else is there to say? This team just continues to find a way to get it done in crunch time 5-0. and I know I keep saying it, but 5-0 and when facing elimination this year in the playoffs. Uh, that's a team that's made out of pretty tough stuff and a team that's at its best once again when it's gut check time and when they absolutely have to be at their best. As far as the next episode of Locked on New York Rangers, we might 
do one more where I kind of just offer my final thoughts on this series, kind of look ahead to what the Rangers are in for when they go up against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I got to talk to my old NHL.com buddy, Adam Denker, big Lightning fan. He's the host of Locked On Tampa Bay Lightning, so I'm sure we'll do at least a crossover or two before, during, and maybe even after this series. We'll see how that all shakes out, but in the meantime... You know, just enjoy this one, guys. Breathe this one in. It's an awesome win for the New York Rangers, and we're going to the Eastern Conference Final, baby, and that feels pretty damn good. So, yep, that'll do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com, and definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. From first round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.